catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's time to do the show. I mean, shoe the dough with Aaron and Danae. Streaming live on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. It's time for the show to begin, so let's listen in. Live from Bunker, in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Erin and Danae. And welcome to another episode of Shoe the Dough. Oh, hello. <laughs> Didn't know we were starting? Nope. Uh, we've got, uh, I think, a wonderful episode today. We got to talk to an artist named John Tibbs. It kind of turned into a no label safe episode instead of a shoe review. Turns out John stutters. And so, just through a natural conversation, we wound up really going into the depth of what it means to be somebody who stutters and be misunderstood, which is one of the things we love to do on the no label safe. I loved it because I've been in that situation where you don't realize somebody has a speech impediment, and then you start that conversation and you don't want to bring attention to it. And I found it really refreshing to hear his perspective on that as somebody who stutters and who has difficulty speaking. And is in public. Yeah. He's in the public eye. Right. And so I thought it was a beautiful conversation. Uh, We'd love to to play that for you and kind of let you hear his heart and kind of what he's going through. And if there's somebody you know in your own life, you know, that deals with something like that, you know, maybe they can identify. So here's our interview with John Tibbs. We'll get right into the uh, conversation. That's just how we roll on Shoe the Dough. So, uh, Danae, give us a little transition so we know where the interview starts. Do you have a cough? Oh, yeah. Sorry. What happened? I have had a chest cold (gasps) now for like 10 10 evenings. I started it last Sunday. And uh, I'm on the tail end of it, I think. But, man. Oh, man. It has been hanging on. That's for sure. Those are horrible. They are horrible. Yes, they are. Have you done any tapotement on your chest yet? I know that sounds really weird and potentially too personal, but just wondering. Wait, like, are you talking about anything in particular? Like, like a tapot- I haven't done anything. Tapotments where you, like, maybe take your fingertips and you just, like, um, what's this, like, what is this, tar- Tarzan, Tarzan type thing? And you just, okay. like, you just, so it's like, uh, can you hear me doing it? It's like that. Yes. So if you, <laughs> if you do that, sometimes it helps to break stuff up. 
Now, seriously? Oh yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's that's awesome. I'm a massage therapist by trade, so okay, I, I know a few tricks. But <laughs> if you decide to do that, pre warning, you will cough because it's breaking stuff up. Yeah, in your chest. So there'll be a yeah, lot of yeah. coughing that happens. So do it whenever you you know have so do some it after time. This. Yeah, maybe after. <laughs> <laughs> no, right before we start the interview. If you'll just get all beat that stuff your chest. moving around. Yeah. That'll be good. People love to hear other people cough. <laughs> it's the best. So oh, does, it, does it just hit, like you said, for 10 days you've been dealing yeah. with this? Dude. Yeah, so it started, it, um, it started uh, two Sundays ago. Uh, I had a temperature, and I was like, I'm getting sick. And then... I would say up until Thursday, it was horrible, and it's just kind of barely hanging on at this point. But I still have a nasty cough, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. man. I have, yeah. Like, here's the thing. I've been touring um, a ton, uh, and so that is exhausting in and of itself. Uh, I think just talking to a bunch of different people. Yeah. Um, germs and stuff. Germs. That's, germs. you just got to pull the Howie Mandel, you know? You just got to do the fist bumps. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest rubbing elbows, like literally just put your elbow rubbing out elbow. and then rub. That's what I do. And it makes for a great introduction. It kind of, you have like a little chicken wing thing going on, but you, it's so really good. You, hold on. I have a question about this. <laughs> so when you meet somebody, do you just stick your elbow at them or do you say something first? I say something first. Okay. That's a good idea. I feel like that's a better end. <laughs> I've done this at like, uh, when we go at, when we go to conferences and stuff, I've done that, Aaron. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen me do that. No. You know, where it's like. I'll be like, you want to rub elbows? Oh, let's rub elbows. And then I stick my elbow you out. You want to rub elbows? <laughs> <laughs> want to bump shoulders? Let's bump shoulders. Uh, there are worse ways to introduce myself, I suppose. Well, John, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Totally. Uh, we'll chat a little bit kind of about what's going on, uh, both with you know your career and just your life in general. And basically, we just kind of want to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. And yeah. uh, let people kind of get an insight into, you know, who you are, how you started, all that kind of stuff, um, so they can kind of get a feel for John Tibbs. John Tibbs. Cool. <laughs> so you guys are are in Springfield, right? Yeah. Our physical location is Springfield, and then our radio show that we do uh, is syndicated. So there's stations across the nation that, that play our radio show. Yeah, we're on about uh, 70 stations uh, oh, across wow. the country. And then we this will air in its entirety on our uh, podcast. weekly podcast. So. Oh, sweet. We love podcasts. Do you like yes. podcasts? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, what's one of your favorites? <clears throat> so truth be told, I am kind of a geek. So I enjoy all the in um, all the in PR um, um, outlets. Um, they have like ten of them. So oh yeah, I, NPR I, I, does some great stuff. NPR. Yeah, so, which one NPR. do they do that I listen to? Well, This American Life that's is, the one, that's is NPR. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, Radio Radio Lab is also an, considered. Uh, yeah. an NPR podcast. Radio Lab yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I used to listen to a game show one called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me that I think was NPR as well, but I don't listen to that one anymore. Wait, wait, oh, don't yeah, tell me. That one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a game show podcast. <laughs> and I got bored with it. So <laughs> stop listening to it. So it's like, wait, wait, don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. No, literally don't tell me. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> yeah. So we um, have we have kind of a fun thing here. Uh, our podcast okay. is something that we it's called Shoe the Dough or Do the Show. It's, it's a spoonerism a, for Do the Show. 
And we have multiple segments that we do on that. They range from just fun and random and silly to more serious. Uh, We do interviews like we're doing with you. We call those shoer views. So you'll be one of our shoer view people. And we also have a segment called No Label Safe, which is where we have kind of a deeper conversation. And so if there's something that kind of sparks out of our chat today that kind of goes deeper, it may be titled a No Label Safe instead of a shoer view. Well, we could we could even start there. The No Label Safe is kind of generated around the idea that we are labeled with different things in our life. And our goal is to replace we like to say replace labels with love. You know, the mm. idea of... Trading judgment for grace and labels for love. Yeah. Mm. And so the idea that we don't... It's natural to put each other in categories, but it's so much more beautiful to see each other as individual human beings, you know, worthy of the same yeah. value and yep. grace and all those kind of things. So it actually started with an atheist friend of Danae's came in and we talked about atheism and what, you know, she feels like being an atheist and interacting with Christians. And there's no, the point is never to, you know, change someone's mind or even to debate. The point is to build a relationship. So, you know, basically those conversations are to kind of allow people who feel labeled by something or other to be heard about, you know, kind of what that feels like to them, you know, how people, you know, can do a better job of not labeling them or or whatever the case may be. So I guess I would just start with there. That's so cool. Is there anything in your life that you felt labeled with or, you know, something? Oh, yeah, man. Well, tell us about it. Yeah, certainly. So um, um, ever since I was about the age of about six years old, I started having this awful, uh, this awful uh, stutter, just like that. Uh (laughs) And, um, and, um, you know, like as a kid, I saw doctor after doctor and I was always taught about how to kind of hide those things, Mm -hmm. how to um, keep them hidden. And I was so talented at that. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, um, I had been, gosh, like I had started dating Emily. um, Emily's your wife, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And her and I started dating in April and I didn't even tell her. She didn't have any idea that I had a uh, stutter until October. Just to kind of paint the picture of how gifted I had been at covering it up. And well, I was going to say, I, in you know, until we started talking about it here, and yeah, in, you know, I, I've been able to hear it a couple times, but I don't know that I would have noticed that, you know, yeah. if, if you hadn't mentioned it. Well, like um, I would say that there are times that it isn't a huge issue and then right. where it's just awful. I bet. Um, I was um, wondering if you like avoided specific words. Yes, I do. And, um, and so, you know, ever since I was six, I've had this hard time talking. And it's been the kind of thing that I've been totally embarrassed of. Um, and I haven't really told people and it got to a point that it was just building up inside and I was keeping this thing hidden at all times, um, being intentional to skip over certain terms and stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. and it was, and it just got to a point that I just couldn't keep doing that. (laughs) So would Um, you just stay quiet? Like just not speak? Yeah, I was basically super awkward. (laughs) 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 Um, um, because, you know, I talked to person to person to person and they'd be like, well, he said that thing kind of, you know, odd or. Or um, like all of a sudden he was going to tell me something and then 
I'd be like, man, I was going to tell you something, but I totally spaced out, you know, just blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And, and it was basically, I was just trying, trying to keep people out so that I would kind of have this image, like, so that basically I would keep all those things hidden. And, um, and you know, I got to the point where I just couldn't keep doing that because um, it was because it was just such a heavy thing to carry on the inside. Mm. Well, um, yeah, because you couldn't really be yourself. You know, yeah. you're constantly trying to like, who can you be yourself with? Yep. Yep. And I am. I, um, so I got to the point um, about two years ago um, that I just decided, man, I have to be open. And I was terrified that after I told people um, that it would be the kind of thing that, um, you know, that people that like, it would be something that pushed people, you know, out, Mm -hmm. I guess. And, um, and so, you know, I got to the point that I decided to own it and it's been so cool to see actually how it has, how it has created or relationships mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, I, like I just always encourage people like, Hey, it's an issue I have, but I think if all of us are honest, you know, all of us have our own struggles and situations and I don't necessarily understand, you know, how certain things happen to certain people. Um, but I can tell you that our God is active in everything. You know? My, my brother also has a stutter. Okay. And so growing up with him, it was interesting because I would finish his sentences. Like I would kind of know yeah. where he was going. And yeah. I remember my mom saying, you know, you need to stop finishing his sentences so he can, you know, do that himself. But sometimes he would look at me like, like Help with me. these eyes, like, can you say what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've been able to open up and to talk about this with people and it's just been cool to talk to people after concerts and to just see that, you know, all of us have our own thing and, and it's so easy to kind of push people out and to try to act as if everything's perfect and as if we have all the answers and, um, and, you know, I just hope to encourage people in the understanding that you do not have to have all the answers. You don't have to be perfect because Jesus is. And because of him, all of us have hope. And um, there's a scripture in Second Corinthians that says that in our weakest hour, his power is perfect. Um, and so, um, you know, this is um, this this has been something that I didn't ever talk about that I um, that I kept hidden, and it's become something um, that I'm open about. And I, I just truly hope um, that. I'm able to encourage people in the understanding that they don't have to be perfect. I, I love that, John. I, I really appreciate you being open and transparent about that kind of stuff. And I actually would like to explore this a little bit more. Maybe this will be a, an NLS episode in, in kind of about what it's like to, you know, be someone with a speech impediment or a stutter or yeah. something like that. And, and maybe we can kind of, you know, uh, ground into you and, and kind of, you know, sense the world. One thing I think of is how cruel kids are. And it's so rough that for those who may have flaws that are more evident because of the way they speak or, you know, like the way they look or something like that, because we've all got flaws, but I find it so, so rough that the first part of our life is with, you know, 
uh, little beings that are just learning how to show grace or to, you know, know, man. And so, like, I wonder if you have any of those stories growing up where, you know, things happened to you or, you know, what was your life like (laughs) as a kid? I, um, I had been, so let's see, I had been a pastor's kid. Um, and I grew up in a healthy church and I grew up, you know, on the soccer team and on the, on the, uh, like just, um, and on the basketball team. And, um, I grew up in a healthy kind of, um, that people understood that, Hey, he had a hard time talking. Um, and people had been super, uh, kind actually. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did have a few instances, you know, under the age of 10, um, and people had said some things and, um, they, they truly, I don't think even had ill intentions, but it's just at that age, having people pick up on something about you that is different yeah, is just so isolated. Aiding mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and um, you know, I tell people all, all the time that I think um, I think that the hardest thing about having a stutter is having to order. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, because it's it's just people who get in the habit of hearing people order day in and day out, time and time again, then all of a sudden someone has a hard time articulating something and they just kind of give you like a kind of odd, like something's a little bit off here. Yeah. The pace of my day has changed. Like, you know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a different kind of metronome. Yes. Yes. And, um, uh, and, and I think, you know, like if it happens a couple of times, then it's not a big issue, but it's just like, seeing those kind of, hey, something's a little off here, kind of people eyeing that at you, you know, time and time again, day after day out, that can be something that can be heavy to handle. And um, um, and I have, you know, just had to, had to, had to own, you know, day in and day out, time and time again, where it's just like, you know, I am a son of Jesus and that is the thing that um that is the, that is a piece um of who I am and outside perceptions and things like that isn't who I am um mm. and um just i mean having to own that day in and day out um because those are the, the kinds of things that that can be difficult and it isn't as if you know people are ill intentioned it's just that they don't have any any um any uh any uh idea and um or a lot of experience yeah, either exactly yeah exactly and um you know it's become it has become the kind of thing that i understand you know that i've got this issue and people don't always understand it and I think that connects back to all of us because it's like, you know, again, all of us have our own struggles. And I think that it's so easy 
to bump into a person who is angry and just think, oh, that person, you know, is an idiot or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it kind of opens it up to, hey, that person's probably going through something that I don't get and that can be hard. And so I should give them uh, patience. And it's kind of those kind of things. Um, and, you know, you have to build up sort of like you're the one that ends up having to be patient for them as they understand, too. It's like this weird sort of like when you're stepping up to go order something, you're like, OK, I know pretty much what to expect here. And so you have more of an understanding than they do. And so you end up extending grace before they even know that they need it, you know, when really <laughs> they're the ones that should be extending grace. But, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. And um, and, you know, it just helped open the perspective to all of us are carrying our own struggles and to give people, you know, understanding and patience in all situations. Um, that's been something that I've picked up on out of that. What would you say is one of the most common misunderstandings that you think people have about someone with a stutter or someone with a speech impediment, you know, <laughs> that maybe some, you know, some kind of uh, misunderstanding yeah. that you've had to clear up before or something like that? Yeah. Um, people often assume that I have had a head injury oh, okay. or, or that, you know, I don't necessarily have a, a high IQ or, you mm. know, kind of, kind of things, um, kind of things that are in that area. And, um, having a stutter, I've done a lot of, er, research on it and there isn't a certain um particular thing um um that has an impact on it it's just how it is um and it comes to certain people um and it is a thing that actually happens to a ton of people um and um and i think you know a big piece of having a hard time being open about it is that I was terrified of all those, you know, kind of like people thinking all those different, um, issues. Um, and you know, again, it just comes back to having to own and understand that who I am is defined by Jesus and it isn't. And, and, and who I am isn't in any, any other person or any other perception. And, um, um, you know, I definitely hope to encourage people, um, you know, in the fact that all of us have our own struggles and that's okay. Um, however, you know, I can't, I can't spend every single second, um, I think articulating to every single person that I, Hey, I have a hard time talking and it's because of this. Right. And, um, yeah, the solution would be to wear some sort of T-shirt or something, you know. Totally. <laughs> some well, sort no, of you're a fashion right. statement. Day in and day out, that would be a dirty T-shirt. I am smart. Uh, no brain injury, <laughs> just stutter. <laughs> this is just how I talk. Well, and it, there is something really interesting there because it is one of those things where it will catch people off guard, too, because there's no totally. visible you know, warning that somebody has yeah. a stutter or a speech impediment or something like that. So all of a sudden, you start a conversation and then... You know, they are immediately dealing with, you know, realizing they're in a different situation than a normal conversation and trying to process that 
at the same time as probably not wanting to draw attention draw attention to it or offend you or exactly i have to say i think that there is such an importance like i think about you being on stage and talking to an audience of people and that entire room having an opportunity to witness what it's like for someone to speak that doesn't speak the same way that you know maybe most of the population does my brother when he will do like a presentation at work or he'll go and he'll speak someplace you know, I am so proud of him because it's not an easy thing to put yourself out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. But I think as time has gone on and as the years have gone on, um, our community, uh, maybe like just at, at large, is far more understanding about those about a stutter than certainly maybe ever before. Because yeah. really, it's just hanging in there for a longer second. I mean, for me, you know, yeah, yeah. like for, for yeah. me, it's like watching and my brother's name is Ben. It's, you know, like watching Ben. It's like I know his brain is going so fast. It's just his yeah. mouth isn't keeping up some for yep. some reason. Right. Yep. So and I, I don't want to ever give him the impression that I'm waiting for him to finish. Can I just say I would much prefer a person uh, whose mouth can't keep up with their brain as opposed to a person whose brain can't keep up with their mouth. I just like to. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I just like to say I prefer that. <laughs> right? That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, like, I am, um, you know, obviously I tour over and talk to a ton of people. And I was talking to the person the other day. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm so concerned um, that I'm going to get up there and speak. And it's going to just kind of, like, people are going to be, like, impatient, you know, Um or they're going to tune out. And, and uh, he was telling me that it actually does the opposite because it's like people have to put energy in almost to pay attention mm-hmm. and to hear and to understand. And so it's actually been cool to see how, um, how something that I thought could be a hindrance has actually been a help. I think so. anytime you show your vulnerability, cause it's not a weakness. It's just, there's a vulnerability when you open up to people and you say, yep. Absolutely. This is part of my life. And for some people, as you guys are talking about, that vulnerability isn't obvious. It's something that you have to tell them about. Like, you know, when you go talk to or you go see someone speak, maybe at a conference, they tell you a story about their life and about a moment when they had to be vulnerable. Whereas, you know, with you and others like you, your vulnerableness is in how you're having to deliver the your message. People mm-hmm. see you being vulnerable just by you having a microphone and, mm-hmm. and talking on stage. And I guess my next question would be, and maybe I should already know the answer to this, but how is it for you when you start singing? Like, what is it like whenever you kind of transition into like performing for people? Yeah, I do not have any issues um, singing at all. And I haven't ever had issues. Um, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you think about so- singing everything that you say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I get asked all the time. Uh, I think that would be exhausting. And then I think I would be annoying people. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I'd love it. We all want to live in a musical. So. I think I'd yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're musical lovers, though. So maybe we're in the Are minority. You? Oh, yeah. Aaron and I both okay. like musicals. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Was it like so, that from the very first time? Like, you know, when you first got up and sang, did you know that, you know, stuttering wasn't going to be an issue during the singing? Or how did that all develop? Well, I mean, I've been singing ever since I was a kid. Like, I've probably been singing as soon as I could talk. And I 
Um, and I didn't get a stutter till I was about six. So I was singing before I even had a hard time talking. So, um, and, um, you know, honestly, those things have always been two different kind of entities. Um, uh, and so it's kind of like, yeah, I've already been talking, but that doesn't impact anything else. Uh, and so that's just kind of how I've always taken it. And so you've kind of, uh, always known then that there was yeah. a difference because you grew up singing. So it wasn't even like a big surprise or a shock or anything. Yes, correct. But it's a surprise and shock to me. <laughs> actually, I'm not really that surprised. Well, I've about actually it. heard that with others as well. There, I think, uh, uh, Jason Gray. Uh, yeah. deals with a lot of the same things oh, yeah. and you yep. know has a stutter when he speaks but when he sings it goes away and i just wonder if there's something you know different about the way the brain processes <laughs> singing as opposed to the way the brain processes speaking i mean i'm not a scientist <laughs> but you know i'm well um <clears throat> um kind of as i understand it is basically um and there are a lot of different kinds of you know having a hard time talking out there um and there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, the particular stutter I have is basically based off of inhaling and exhaling. Wow. Uh, I can exercise totally okay. I can, I can s- sing, you know, totally okay. I don't have a, um, um, but there's something about talking that I'm not able to inhale and exhale as I talk as other people do. Oh, whoa. S- yeah, so it's something about kind of how um, how it all happens. And um, so it's kind of like if I'm stuttering, it's kind of like I'm out of air. Oh. And I'm not able to inhale as I'm speaking if that And your brain's probably going like, sense. hey, man, stop talking. I need you to breathe. <laughs> take, take a breath. Yeah, exactly. Is, um, is one of the mis- – so, no, go ahead. Yeah, like um, – and it's just talking, like it, like like I said, it doesn't you know impact exercise or singing or anything like that. Is one of the misconceptions? I'm just thinking about this. You know, you talked about they think you've had a brain injury, or they you know they think that yeah. your IQ is low, that kind of stuff, which I'm sure is extremely uncomfortable and discomforting. But the one that I think would be the the most annoying is if there's a misconception that um, that you're you're that you could fix it. If you just work harder, you know, oh. you could fix it. If, you know, are you doing it for attention? Like that kind of thing, like breaks my heart. Like, do you come up against that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I picked up a book um, two years back and it was about a person who had a stutter and who had gone all over talking to other people who had stutters. And it was kind of her attempt to kind of understand it. And yet she was able to kind of articulate um, basically a piece that like, hey, all of us have our own struggles. And that book was titled uh, Spit It Out <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because uh, it seems to be that that, is, that has been the kind of thing that's been said over and over and over oh. again. And I think if there's anything – that I get impatient about. It's if people say that. Cause it's like, oh, I'm man. trying. To, That's so like, rude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, um, uh, and so I think, uh, I, I think above anything like that can be the most irritating thing. Cause it's like, obviously I would do that if I could. Yeah. I was having sir. a conversation with one of my sons 
I've got four boys, uh, oh. and was having a conversation with one of them just yesterday about because he was talking about razzing his friends and about yeah. how their humor is kind of you know making fun of each other and razzing each other. And he yeah. says, and he said, I know you don't like that, Dad. I know you know you like you know positive humor and not negative humor. But we were having a conversation about <laughs> how you know you can razz somebody for their weakness and it hit home and you not know it. You know, and I and I just think like if you're close with somebody, John, and they, you know, feel like they have a level of comfort with you that they can joke around with you about, you know, your stutter, uh, they may end up hurting your feelings and not even realizing it. Or, you know, I did. There's just a really interesting balance there. I'd like to hear you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, and, you know, that kind of ties back into the thing that you're talking about earlier. I would say in high school and in college as I got to hang out with people and, you know, people understood, Hey, he has hard time talking that kind of thing. Isn't a big deal. So then after it got to that point, um, then, um, then I think it was kind of easier to kind of, you know, kind of do the same thing that you're talking about is, um, is to kind of tease it a bit. And I think that there's a certain point, um, that it kind of crosses over. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and so I just had to get to the point where, Hey, like, you know, um, there's a lot of things to tease about. This isn't that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, usually people are like, Oh, totally. I get it. Um, uh, um, but, it, but, it, but I definitely had to say that a few times. Man, sure. maybe it's because I was uh, an M was and am extremely <laughs> protective of my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm in a rage over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about people Oof. saying that, it's just so insensitive. Like, is it that difficult to just wait a couple seconds? I mean, granted, like, granted, granted there are just... there are jerks in the world who would say it to be mean. There there are, but I really oh, find certainly. I really find those people to be few and far between. I think yep. mostly it happens because people think they have that level of comfort with you. Yeah, that, and and this isn't just about stuttering. It could be about any weakness you have. Yeah, people to, say things absolutely. to me, I guess, too, that I can think of. It's right. just like that's super rude. <laughs> yeah, why would you just say that? And I think just some people grow up, especially with that type of humor being very prevalent. Like mm. that is yes. how you show people you love them is you make fun of yes. their weaknesses. And, yeah, uh, and and so I think it's just there's there's a level of grace you have to have with people who that's how they've been brought up. But I, yep. I would much prefer a world where we choose to encourage each other, you know, Absolutely. literally with our words instead of, you know. I'm really <laughs> glad that you're out there having these conversations publicly because I feel like this is a huge part of, I mean, there are so many people who stutter. There's so mm-hmm. many. So to have people in the public, you know, talking about it and uh, opening up conversation, it has got to feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. at times. But mm-hmm. um, Oh, yeah. I, I'm really thankful that you're you're doing it. And I was just thinking about like stuttering characters in pop culture or in movies or television. Do you take notice of stuff like that when you see it? Um, well, um, are you talking about kind of like actors and stuff who do have a stutter or or kind of like as it is carried out in tv and stuff um maybe either i mean well, I, I think i haven't seen it a lot recently i think i think people have well, grown up a lot uh, i feel like with I how feel they portray like things but back in, when i was growing up there were characters like porky pig but that's like more of a joking kind of you know right. like in my opinion yeah. yeah you know that's not like a good example 
uh, yeah. of one. But I'm trying to think of there's some movies. I cannot think of the name of the movie, but there was a movie where there was a character who had a stutter, and I was so thankful to see it. And it was like a genuine one, you know. Where oh, you're uh, are you talking about? Um, it was it was a film that took place in England. Um, a oh, uh, the King's Speech. Yeah, King's Speech. Yes, yeah. I really liked that. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of singers and actors and even people in politics who have a stutter um, and who are able to still carry out the daily ins and outs and um, uh, and to be you know people that have a great impact and I think it is so cool. Um, to kind of uh, see people do that. And, um, you know, as you said, it can be difficult, you know, getting up on stage and doing this, you know, time after time and time. Um, and, you know, I just truly hope that it encourages people because, like, like I was talking like all of us have our own, you know, struggle and situation and that thing in our head that is holding us back. And I just hope that people understand um, – um, as, um, as, uh, that particular scripture talks about, it's kind of like our struggles are an opportunity to, um, to encourage and to have God be active. So. Absolutely. Is there one thing you would want to tell people about, let's say even just specifically, <coughs> you, you walk up to somebody new, you're interacting for the first time. Uh, they start, you know, into the conversation and, and you realize they have a speech impediment. You know, what is something you would tell people about how to interact in that situation? Um, you know, what they, uh, what best serves you as a human being uh, that people could do better, you know, to uh, not yeah. separate themselves from you? Man, I don't think I've ever been asked something like that. And I think that's an awesome thing to ask. So thank you for asking that. I, um, I think... I had to come to an understanding that, hey, this is just how I talk. It isn't that I have a talking issue. This is just how I talk. Okay. And I think if people approached it just as an accent, um, that's a kind of you know healthier thing. Because it's like all of us talk a, a bit you know, kind of off. All of us either have an accent or or – you know, something such as that. Um, uh, and so I always, you know, kind of um, think of it just as in um, um, this is this is how I talk uh, and to just kind of um, see it as just a person talking in, um, in that particular kind of own accent, which actually, just a side tangent, speaking of accents, I have a couple people who I hang out with a lot who are out of Australia and um, their accent has a certain kind of uh, has a certain kind of um, aspect to it that that Australians get everything that I'm trying to say instantly (laughs) (laughs) and I totally get the stuff that um um Australians are talking about. And so just a kind of off topic side tangent. Um, 
the best accent out there to talk to if you have a stutter is someone who is Australian. <laughs> that's great. Oh my like, god. That's so that's amazing. That's like a pro tip. Yeah, that's like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. pro tip. Yeah. Yeah, so anyways. No, that is that's great advice. Uh the idea that we all do have different ways that we speak, right? Like I use the yes. word like too much. I use, you know, the phrase you know too much. Some people speak in upspeak, you know, where uh-huh. the end of every sentence is a question. Are you sure? So you're not sure if what if they're asking you or maybe they're <laughs> do you know telling what I mean? you. Uh, so, you know, we all have kind of those little different things that we do. Or so cadences or something. Yeah. So just to see it as a different cadence, it's a different a accent. Uh, I think that's that's really, really brilliant, John. Appreciate that. Three cheers for John. Woohoo! Oh, my gosh. Woo-hoo, well, woo-hoo. We haven't you guys had are it. too kind. It's been awesome to talk to you. Oh, my I goodness. I appreciate the opportunity. What a, what a great conversation. We haven't got a chance to really talk about the music much at all, and I do want to get into that because I know you have uh, the first album out with Fairtrade, uh, Dead Man yeah. Walking. Uh, and so, congratulations! Yeah, so we want to talk about you know Thank your you. your music, you know your social media. Where can people mm-hmm. connect with you? Hear what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. Let us know. Yeah, um, I mean, basically any digital outlet, I am on there, and I'm on there probably too often. So go ahead and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I um, you know, I I used to be on staff at a church in Indiana, and I had some songs that kind of came out of um, um, out of being outside of the church and it was kind of like, you know, how can I take these songs outside this church? And so what I did was I put together a digital album and people didn't have to purchase it. So they just entered their email and their area code, essentially. And a lot of people picked it up and passed it on and passed it on. And so out of all that, I had tons of emails and I started getting asked to go play at other churches and do conferences and do concerts and and, you know, I started to kind of test it out, and I um, I put out a single on iTunes, and I didn't put any advertisement into it. I just emailed that group of people that had downloaded the previous album. Was that, through, did... was that through Noise Trade? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Derek yeah. Webb's thing, isn't it? Is he on it Noise? is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, yeah, and, um, uh, and the single did awesome, and... I was like, okay, you know, I think I have something. And I just continued to get asked to tour. So I decided at that point to step out and tour full time. And, you know, so I was on that site and uh, Eric, as you said, you know, he started and he was also a artist at FT and he heard the album and, and had been into it. And he and I, um, kind of hit it off, and he apparently passed on the EP, um, and uh, and so at this point, you know, I had exited Beyond Sabbath Church full time, April 2013. I was touring. I did a Kickstarter to do a second album, and toured with Audrey Assad, who heard mm-hmm. um, uh, tunes and had been into it, and she'd been so kind to. It was just after Audrey had gone indie, and she was in her own tour, and so she was so kind to um, um, to send me the opportunity. So I opened on her tour. And then I talked with Fair Trade uh, in January, and our deal had been kind of signed and done in April. So I left the church April 2013 and was signed um, the April afterwards. And nice. we spent a long time, you know, in the studio and on tour, kind of honing in on songs. And the record just came out in February. And it's been so good to get it out. That's awesome. And uh, if people want to find you on social media, like, are you on Twitter? Yes. So what's your what's your Twitter? 
Yeah, it is. It is uh, just uh, J O H N T I B B S. At John Tibbs, uh, and then yep. Uh, sorry, no. Actually, my Twitter and Instagram. Um, just add uh, add M U S I C at the end. John okay. Tibbs. Mm. John Tibbs music. And that's music. your website you. too. Yes, it is. Very cool. Uh, I also I'm on want- Facebook and YouTube and everywhere. At- all of those. I wanted to ask. I had to ask you about Punxsutawney. I'm sure everybody, you know, mentions yes, the Groundhog. Please do. Growing up in Punxsutawney. Uh, Growing you know, up in Punxsutawney. Is that is that a country song I may have missed? Uh, well, <laughs> I think it's I think it's going to have to be. <laughs> it should be now. Now, um, I you know, of course, I like many people. My main uh, insight into Punxsutawney is through the movie Groundhog Day. Of so, course. Yep. Um, but what it was what was it like actually living in Punxsutawney? Okay, so I have to tell you um, that so um, that came out when I was younger. Um, it, it isn't at all kind of how it is. Um, that was actually uh, taped in Illinois, so it hadn't <laughs> even been in PA. Um, so growing up in Punxsutawney, it was awesome because, you know, um, it happens on February 2nd. So if that comes in on Tuesday, you get off of school on the day before, on the day of, and the day after. What? Wait, what? You get three amazing. days off for Groundhog Day? You always had the day off before, <laughs> of, and after. It was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, if, like... If you get a day off afterwards on Thursday, then it's like you're probably going to get two days off afterwards because – so it was it was always great. People had a good time. It is crazy though because as I understand that half of Punxie's um, overall annual income, half of it comes in on that single evening. Wow. So wait, every wait. How is that possible? Just because Tourism. of town of – Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I mean like in town – you know, it's like six, eight thousand people in the whole area. You know, it's like eighteen. It's a tiny little like town, that. yeah. Yeah, it's a tiny little town. But on that single day, you know, you have an incoming group of you know sixty, eighty k people. Are you kidding so, me? No, oh, yeah. So no, people come to Punxsutawney for Groundhog Day. Yeah, from it's a big all thing. over. Um, our church, um, as a kid, always opened itself up. Um, you know, because because basically people head up to the place where the groundhog is on top of a hill at like 2 a.m. And they stand there all evening and it's so cold. And then the groundhog comes out at like 6 a.m. So you're up all evening. Um, and so our church would always open it up. And there would be people that had come out of like England no. and Africa. Like people from all over had you're, come to You're see blowing Danae's mind right now. I'm serious. Yeah, it, I have, it's crazy. I have so many questions. Ask them. <laughs> when you said the groundhog comes out... Is there somebody that just pushes the groundhog out, or is this like a natural <laughs> thing that happens? I'm so confused. He's no. in a cage. Uh, I think. Yes. I think Phil's in well, a cage. Well, he is caged up in a cage that appears to be a tree, and they open it up and they pull him out, and he talks into the person's ear, <laughs> which, which, <laughs> uh, and tells him. Um, how it's going to be. And, and this was always great as a kid. Cause it's like, um, there's a, so there's a group of people who are in charge of, of groundhog. And they've got the whole top hats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're called, and these people are called inner, inner 
Urkel. And in high school, when I got to high school, it was great because the guy in the inner circle had been a teacher at our school and he was teaching, he, um, he was teaching, what was he? He was teaching, um, how to speak groundhog algebra. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he was teaching. Um, and so it was always great to see him at school as a teacher and then up there on stage in his top hat talking to Punk's Funny Phil. As a part of the inner circle. It was like you knew somebody in some sort of like celebrity group. Exactly. Oh, totally. Totally. That is fantastic. Do people like born and raised in that town, they aspire to be in the inner circle? (laughs) I I didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just wondering if it's a thing. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think it's a thing. That's incredible. I've never like learned so much about Groundhog Day. I, guess, I mean, we I celebrate like everybody else. You know, it's in the news, yeah. but I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so really do know. So, ha- do they have like festivities and events like around the day, like for you know a few days, or is it just well, that one just day? Just a ton of people, um, and so you know, there's there's basically just people all over purchasing, you know, ears. Um, and things to eat and stuff like that. And then in August, they have like a seven evening outdoor thing where they've got artists that come in and do concerts and games and stuff. Oh, like that's that. interesting. But, yeah. but where do all the people live while they're there? Do you have a whole bunch of hotels in the little town? So the thing is, is that people usually, I know, well, um, we only have a few hotels and I think they just opened up like a second hotel and, um, Basically, people are up all, like, so, you know, so they'll get there at, like, 6 p.m., and then they'll be there that evening, and then they'll go up on top of the hill, and then they're up all evening, and then it's done, and then they go home. So it's an all-nighter. <laughs> they just stay out oh. all night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's so cold. Man. That's the middle it's of so winter, cold. man. That's yeah, crazy in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's it is so cold. Listen, I, I stayed up all night uh, and camped <laughs> oh, this outside. Is good. This is good. To earn free Chick-fil-A for a year. So I I know it can be done, but I can't imagine. Amazing. I can't now, imagine. I would do that. Right? <laughs> I would do that. So I did go up on top of uh, <laughs> So I did go up a single time and um I'll never do it again probably. <laughs> and here's the thing that happened. So you know, you're up all evening, and then you go out and you're cold. So it just isn't a enjoyable experience to begin. No. But on top of that, I was at home, and I was going over to a friend's house, and I was told by my parents, they're like, listen, you can go up on the hill, but you cannot actually drive up there because you're going to be up all evening, and then – and it's icy and stuff like that. So supposedly they had told me this. I did not hear them say that to me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. I have our dad's uh, thing that he just purchased. It was a uh, pickup that he had just purchased. Oh, no. I'm so excited about. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You know where this is going. <laughs> and I did not hear him tell me I can't take it. And I did take it out there to a bunch of people. And that, you know... Like after it's all done, it's like 8 a.m. You're up all night. You're out in the cold. You're exhausted. Ice on the r- r- roads. I go into a ditch uh. down the hill, tear his engine up. No. no! Oh, that's the Destroys worst. No. Guys, so, so I will never go back up on top of that hill again, probably. <laughs> 
Oh so. my god, that's not good. No, that is, that is good. the worst. Well, again, as the father of four boys, I have heard the uh, statement. Oh, I didn't hear you say that so many exactly, times. Exactly. So many exactly. times. But he really didn't hear. We believe you. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. I did not. We we absolutely believe you. <laughs> well, that's fun. I just learned some things I didn't expect to learn. Yeah. Punxsutawney. What a great name. That is. It's awesome. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. It was a good talk to you you all. Um, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for your vulnerability, for your transparency, for being willing to talk a little more in depth about stuttering and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, It's it's been really eye-opening. It really has. I have very much enjoyed it, again, from the perspective of somebody who grew up with a brother who stutters. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually, yeah. he joined us for an episode um, on veganism. Yeah, he's a, Whoa, he's a vegan. Cool. Yeah. So um, I don't remember if he stuttered uh, through that a little bit. A little little bit. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that, that's kind of like one of the things that happens. And we just don't ever say anything about it. You know, we just yeah. kind of like yeah. just start talking. So I couldn't remember. Um, but we'll, we're really excited to introduce people to you that can find you and hear your music yeah. and connect with you. So, so appreciated. Thank you all. It's yeah. going to be fun. Anything else you want to say before, uh, before we head out? Um, I'm good. I've said Very cool. cool. Very cool. Thank you. Also, I saw you're a big UK fan. Die hard. Yeah. What is UK? Are you? No, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan, but, um, okay. but okay. UK, UK basketball is just, you know, something else. It's a program. In the UK? (laughs) University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky, yeah. (laughs) I just enjoyed the thought that it was uh, from England (laughs) there for a second. I did. He's got friends in Australia. He's got friends in the UK. We don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's the exact opposite of England. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Other end of the spectrum. What an awesome dude. Possibly my favorite part of that whole conversation was to learn that it's easier to talk to Australians than anybody else when you have a stutter. I don't even know how that's possible, but that made me smile so much. (laughs) I think my favorite part of talking to John was his ability to kind of like chuckle and laugh and just, you know, have a good time. He's not... Well, he's totally come to peace with it. Yeah. So it's not not something he's self-conscious about anymore. At least it appears that way. And if that's not true, John, well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for shooing the dough with us today. This podcast is part of the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network, and you can find more about other live or later shows on the network by going to shoethedough.com. Huge thanks to Brandon for doing today's intro and Chris Tilly for composing the Shoe the Dough theme. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at a dollar a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. Find out more info at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. Please subscribe, rate, and comment in iTunes because that really helps us out. Of course, if you have any feedback for us, you can email us directly at shoe the dough at gmail.com. Check. 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 Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Whoa! You and I said that at the exact same time, and I thought this thing was changing. It to sound like a uh, female person. Female. That, that, yeah, that's amazing. Hey there. How are you guys? Hey there. How are you guys? See? No, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sort of of ornery. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing.